For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Here we go on some of the prop bets. What's the color of the Gatorade bath going to be? Last year it was blue. If I can say last year's, my feeling is red. I'll go with yellow. I think yellow Gatorade. Yellow green lime. That's actually very tasty. Halftime show first song. I think it's going to be California love. That'll be the first thing you hear. Last player shown during the anthem. A Rams player or a Bengals. We got a 50-50 shot. Yeah. I'll throw some money down on the Rams. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, Canada. Welcome to a brand new week. It is the RP Show. We're getting things figured out here. As you notice, we're back at Grey Eagle Resort. You can hit that if you want. Grey Eagle Resort Uh, and Casino. There we go. We're back for the first of a lovely long stay at our home away from home. And we're ready to talk sports for the next two hours. Hey, well, we're back. How about we're alive? And I don't know uh, where the moose is in terms of uh, joining us on the program or not, but that's fine. It's uh, a rousing start to a Monday here. But can I'll tell you that coming up on the program, we've got Scott Laughlin from Sirius XM NHL Radio. And we've got one of the newest Toronto Argonauts, Andrew Harris, is going to be joining us coming up in hour two. So thanks for sticking with us here on Game Plus Television and uh, YouTube Live. Can you please, Director Jordan, or whoever's got a hand on it, hit the quick six show horn, please? And business and um i obviously wanted to bounce things off the moose here in the warm-up but it's looking like we can't so it's going to be just you and me again so now now we have you moose have you cracked a sweat yet uh a little one yeah yeah a little bit okay got a little bit of an echo and away we roll the los angeles rams as we look at point one defeated the cincinnati Bengals 23 20 to win super bowl 56 Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford found Cooper Cup for a touchdown with 125 to play to put L.A. up. And Aaron Donald sealed the win, sacking Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow with 39 seconds to play, ending Cincy's comeback bid. Cup was named Super Bowl MVP for his eight reception, 92-yard, two-touchdown effort. So the most obvious question is, how did you feel about Super Bowl 30, uh, 56? I have to tell you uh, my story, and again, I... I'm not sure if we're going to move uh, the moose in for his thoughts or not. We, you guys tell me back in the uh, Millennium Falcon what I should do here. <clears throat> okay, so they're telling me that they've got the viewers. The viewers are telling me that we've got great video, but now we have a microphone issue. So Moose, you just relax sure. over there, and I'll handle this for a while. So. So, okay, I'm just going to sit here and tell stories because everybody likes that. John in Edmonton is watching, and he's watching on YouTube right now, and he says, is that a Rams championship hat on the table? If so, how did you get it early? It's magic. 
And while I said this was our first Super Bowl, we picked up a lot. We learned a lot. A lot of things have happened since we all last spoke, since we've all been together. And I guess, you know, we could jump into the photo album. Have those ready, Clark, if you don't mind. Here's my deal. Flew out of Los Angeles Sunday afternoon at 1.30. No Wi-Fi on the flight. Internet wasn't working. Can you believe it? Third world country. Landed in Calgary, got to the baggage, and I'm watching the halftime show on my phone. And I thought it was tremendous. And if you heard the intro to the show, you saw that I correctly nailed the opening song. I should have put everything that I own on what will be the first song of the halftime set with that star-studded group because it was next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Anyways, got my bags, the moose uh, picked me up and we went immediately to the Shark Club and watched the second half. So I almost feel like I didn't miss anything other than Odell Beckham's knee injury. And obviously he didn't finish the game. But the question that started us on all of this was John in Edmonton who asked, is that a Rams championship hat? And if so, how did you get it so fast? Well, everything was 50 to 75% off in the airport. Super Bowl merchandise. So I stopped and picked up a pullover for Sheldon here, a gray eagle who incidentally hasn't shown up for work yet today. I have a sense that he's working from home today, Shell. I got a pullover here for you, Sheldon. And then this lid is actually for one of our viewers and longtime Priority One fans, Corey in the sweatpants capital, who asked if I could pick him up a hat. And I'm like, like I'm not caring enough, but I will do that for Corey. And I, so I got this hat at 75% off. And what you didn't see, John, in Edmonton is that it actually says conference champ, says conference champions here. So I bought this thing at 75% off, figured nobody would know the difference and pretty much gambled that the Rams were gonna win the Super Bowl. But I'd been saying it all week that I thought the Rams were gonna win, but I said that they were gonna win by double digits. Didn't happen. And I'm interested to get this thing all sorted out with Moose in the next segment. And we could actually talk about the game. But I did a little reading, obviously, on the game, saw some of the commentary. I think there was only two flags total or two flags per team for the first 58 minutes of the game. And then they throw three consecutive penalty flags on the, on the uh, Cincinnati defense. Seemingly endless shots at the end zone for Matthew Stafford. And on his last one, he hits Cooper Cup, game-winning touchdown. Bob Gironco and the Rams cap it all off and it all turned out nice again. That's the, way, that's the way that I saw it. We were sitting at the Shark Club, Darren and I, and he did not like the penalties. He thought that they were a little chintzy for that time of the game. I didn't really have a problem with it. I'm sitting there, I'm like, Darren, he spun him around. He's got his hand on his back. He's holding his jersey. I, last I saw that was a penalty, but Chris Collins worth doing the color commentary on NBC said, uh, he said ticky-tack. So again, what the hell do I know? So either way, it looked like maybe the NFL wanted the LA Rams to win. Who knows, then they got their wish. Before I go any further, let's get to the photo album, please, producer Clark, if you have the photos ready, uh, presented by Great Western Brewing Company. I'd like to go with them right now, please and thank you. Presented by Great Western Brewing Company. So this was from the Shark Club last night. This is Allie and her guy who's a dead ringer. 
for Mike Smith, goaltender of the Edmonton Orders. You see Moose in his Super Bowl pullover. There's me, Allie. They're big fans of the show, quite frankly, and Game Plus TV. So we made it to the Shark Club Super Bowl party. And let me tell you, bang it. This was, when I said a lot of things have happened since Friday, it did. This was uh, Moose and I getting a tour. It looks like Access Hollywood, doesn't it? That is the mothership of Game Plus TV, the parent company, Access TV. And that studio is the one that overlooks Staples Center and now Crypto.com Arena, the home of the Kings and the Lakers. So said, let's jump on the set and get some photos here. How about this? I can't remember which night this was, Friday or Saturday night. That is no filter, y'all. Right along the Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California. Wow. Moose wanted to stay. I didn't. Pretty, but also pretty expensive. This is a nice lady by the name of Melissa Park and her guy. And I never caught his name. But we chatted in the Calgary airport a couple of weeks ago. They were going to LA for the conference championship. And I said, well, if the Rams win, you got to go to the Super Bowl. You got to go. They're your team. Lo and behold, they made it to the Super Bowl. Melissa and her guy went and they sent me these photos. Uh, how happy are they? Look at that. So she, and then I wrote her afterwards and I said, worth every penny. And she said, absolutely, they would do it again a thousand times over their team won in the Super Bowl. This came in from the Sports Doc, and I appreciate it. Sports Doc repping the RP show in Winnipeg, the Hooters Super Bowl party in Winnipeg. Had a bit more RP with the Sports Doc repping the brand. Thanks, guys, for throwing that up. That's uh, the Sports Doc and his lovely gal, Karen. And so everybody had a great time on Super Bowl Sunday. And our weekend photo albums brought to you by Great Western Brewing Company. Brewed in Saskatchewan, made with premium Saskatchewan ingredients. Original 16 is unfiltered for peak flavor. Purchase at a store near you today. So I'll just say this, one last thing on the Super Bowl. I did put up a poll yesterday, and we're going to use it as our poll here today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. And that is, how did we feel about the halftime act? Great or not so great? Uh, with close to a thousand votes cast, 68% of you saying great. They felt it was great. Put me in the great category, but not the best ever. And I was talking with Corey here. I'm not sure her title at Grey Eagle, but she's a performer. She's an entertainer. We talked about it this morning. This was not the best ever. Stop. Lady Gaga, end of story. She jumped off the roof of the stadium. Why are, why are we talking about this every year? Until somebody jumps off planet Mars into the middle of the stadium in Super Bowl, Lady Gaga can't be beat. So she's number one. But these guys were good. In the next segment, we'll bring Moose in. I'm not going to do this on my own because I want his take on it. And that is what I have as my second point. And it was the must-attend Canadian sporting events. As usual... All the Canadian media misunderstood me. I'm used to it. That's why I'm over here doing my thing and they're all over there doing their thing. I saw a guy in the LAX airport with a mask that said misunderstood on it. I felt like saying, bro, can I rip that off? And you, can I, what do you want for that mask? Because I need it. Misunderstood. So all I said was, we need to make Canadian sporting events must attend. Somehow, the gang, the torches and pitchfork crowd, which included Farhan Lalji, Dave Naylor, Dustin Nielsen, all coincidentally TSN employees, 
<laughs> Ryan Ballantyne, the chief punk from Calgary here, from the CFL Horseman blog and podcast, they all came after me saying, like, Danny Austin here in town, if you think that the CFL should up their price of tickets in $7,000 for the Great Cup, nowhere did I say the CFL should charge any more for their tickets than they currently are. They completely took off running with not what I said. For the last five, six years, and maybe these guys don't sit around and talk with the sports executives like I do, but the number one problem in the CFL for the last five to six years is ticket sales. Ticket sales, ticket sales, ticket sales. I didn't say Grey Cup. I said Canadian sporting events. In my mind, I was thinking NLL games, junior hockey games, obviously Grey Cup if you want to go that way, division finals, because last I checked, they're not all sold out. What I said was, we need to make Canadian sporting events must attend. And I was tarred and feathered and accused by some loser that I'd gone back drinking. Uh, like there was some really horrific, I mean, you're just a horrible person that you would say that to a recovering alcoholic, like get a freaking life. That was some loser fan from in Edmonton, the media. Naylor said my contention was stupid and dumb. So <laughs> usually when those terms come out, I'm like, I'm, I'm done debating. We can't even have a discussion about this. Ticket sales are a major problem in Canada. So all I hear from the teams and their executives all the time. We need to make these events must attend and I'm the idiot. Okay. Because clearly it's going well. Moose is just licking at his chops over there. He's grinning like a butcher's dog. I guess we got to take a break. Uh, I got Canadian Olympic women's team hockey here. They beat Switzerland 10-3. Jennifer Jones won her round-robin game at the Olympic. We got a lot to get to. So it was obviously a lot of Super Bowl talk here on uh, this Monday. We'll be right back as we open it up at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio with Rod Peterson. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And good work, boys, in the back. We got the uh, ship flying in the air and it seems to be fine just so for those that missed it i hope that there weren't audio issues for that monologue slash rant near the end of segment one because i worked so hard on it and was up all night thinking about what i was going to say um ron williamson watching on youtube says you are right rod i hate how defensive people get when you talk about improving the fan experience at canadian sporting events i wonder if they know that their defensiveness is hurting sport i don't know from dawn our navy friend rod if someone could crack that nut of why canadians look down upon canadian sporting events that person would be rich and darren in salt lake city if i may you have to up the reasons to attend the event the 2002 Olympics were on TV, but the part I remember is going to the Norway-Sweden hockey game live, taking my daughters to the Paralympics live. That's, the, that's what I was getting at. 
You make it a must attend, and then you can charge more. And I just said, arguing with the reporters, they say that we got the moose here, so let's bring moose. Arguing with the reporters who have never had to market a thing in their life, they've never had to bust their ass to sell what they're selling. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I arguing with these guys? Like Danny Austin here in the Calgary Sun really came after me. I'm like, I'm sorry, what business do you run? How they got that I was saying we should make the Grey Cup for the rich people only? Nowhere did I say that. But the thing is, you have to have, as somebody said to me once, if you're going to be a truth teller in today's society, you better have skin like a rhinoceros and your feet firmly on the ground. Guess what? I got both. So flame away, guys, but I don't care. I was having a great day in Southern California hanging out in La Jolla while they were pulling their hair out, ripping me to shreds because they misunderstood what I was saying because they don't understand marketing nor business. So I'm okay, but that, that's what I was saying. Got a lot of views on the clip, though. Over to you. It's so interesting. Like, you know, as you know, I like to look at things from 360 degrees. And, you know, often on social media, people can't. They can only look at it from one way. So here's what happens when you raise ticket prices. And it's not raising ticket prices. No, no, it's not about that. I know. It's making you have to go to the game. You have to be there. For sure. Then you can sell more. But just giving, just, you know, they talk about, you know, we can't raise the prices. Whether That's not what we talked about or what you mentioned. But let's just say that happens. And, this, and the NFL doesn't raise these prices to seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a ticket. That's the secondary market, right? But anyways, if you do, and a lot of fans can't attend, what that does is that increases the value of all the events around the Super Bowl. Sure. So because, and I'm looking at the event thinking, I can't personally go to the big parties. I couldn't go to Shaq's. Funland or as whatever it was called. To. Shaq's I, fun. I wasn't paying $1,200 a ticket. I couldn't go to the game, but I had 20 bucks to go to the NFL experience in the LA Convention Center. And we use the Hugh Hefner uh, parallel because that was mine. You're very good at the metaphors. What I say? Not everybody can get into the Playboy Mansion. Right. And I said, but everybody can buy the magazine. Right? Bob's your uncle. So that's the idea. If you can't get into the game, Bob's well, then you go uncle. to these other events and you... You get to interact with the players and those things. Now, we also have to remember, though, that if, you know, 60 or 75,000 people can go to the Super Bowl, it's because there's a population of 300 million, right? And 75,000 go. We can't sell that many in Canada. We don't have the population. So it's all apples and oranges. But the whole event, everything that you do with it is so, so key. Um, and there's work to do in Canada to try and build that we have to be here type of event. Yeah. And... It goes back to the clip. I mean, I said that, you know, they're standing around holding their dicks, wondering what happened. That is a fact. Like, my phone's going off like crazy. Hey, Rod Bedard had five points the other night. The Pats won 5 nothing. There was nobody there. Right. What, 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 do you, what do you want me to do about that? That's somebody's job to sell the sizzle, to fill the barn. To watch Connor Bedard. I hear the Saskatchewan Rush aren't drawing flies this year. And it doesn't entirely have to do with COVID. We don't have those restrictions in the province. Right? So, oh my God, Rod, there was only 6,000 people there. We used to have three times that. Yeah. What, what do you want me to do about it? Canadian sports ticket sales are just going, thunk. So what I'm saying is we need to make it must attend. But no, I'm the asshole. Tired of it. <laughs> Todd Pinkney. 
Pinks writes in, Rod, how can you tell you're back in Canada, LOL? Being in Florida and Cali is always a great sports conversation. Canada always needs something to bitch about. They think things are good, but no. No, they're really bad. They're really bad. But the biggest thing is people don't want to uh, look at things from another perspective. They don't want to change. Yeah. That's a society thing. That's not a sports thing. Right. At all. So, no, things are great in the CFL. How dare you? Really? Why are players on the phone crying to me that they can't get paid their bonuses or coaches, you know, getting screwed over and work so They're great? Anyways, go ahead. You have to look at it from 360 degrees in order to figure out how to fix it, but also not just to look at the problems, but figure out what's good, too. You and I talked last night just a little bit about the folksiness of the CFL. And, you know, I think about that, and I think about some of the people who have been following this league for a long time, and they've got jackets and scarves, and they're full of pins because they've been to all these Grey Cups, and those are all the great things about the league, the fans who have been there a long time. And it's a little bit of that folksiness. Didn't see a lot of that around the Super Bowl. It's a lot more young and hip and flashy and you know what I mean? So I don't know if the, if the Great Cup can be that, but you can still make it must attend. And it's not the worst thing if people can't get to the game because then they'll come and spend the whole week at all the parties. This guy uh, writes in Robin watching from the gateway to the north. He says the Saskatchewan Rush priced themselves out of the family. Maybe they did. But when that joint was packed, I don't mind saying, because Lee won't mind, the guy that was the president of the Rush, we just had supper with him one night here at the Gray Eagle at the sports book. And he said, we were selling, because he's not with the Rush anymore. He said, we were selling sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But he said, How about back that? in the place. And he's not there anymore. But he, they created the event. They, it was a thing. They created the buzz out of freaking nowhere. And they're selling the place out, making millions. And now the team sold. And they're, and, but just guess what? Lee's with us now so how about that how about um yeah okay i don't want to i get the, the fans are coming back and forth and i get it ryan on youtube who would oppose rod on this yes we need to make canadian sports and other canadian events must attend canada has a lot to offer and eventually canadians will notice that's the thing that I went back and forth with Farhan on. And I did not expect to spend this amount of time on this today, by the way. But Farhan's saying, that's a big statement by you, Rod. Farhan said that. He said, uh, it's hard to change culture and tradition. And I'm like, really? Because there was 55,000 people at the West Final in Vancouver, Riders and Lions, in both 04 and 06. I was there. And now they're not drawing flies. What happened? They completely misread what I was saying. And as this guy said, how, who would oppose me on that? Was I not clear? That's not have been. I mean, I don't know, right? We want, we all, I think that's the thing that gets lost in all this. We all want the same thing. We just can't agree on how to get there. Well, we can't agree. Yeah, like, you know, if it's not, it feels like, you know, you've got some people who will think that we don't want the same thing or read a message the wrong way. We all want the same thing. Because when the CFL is, is bumping like that and you're getting 55,000 people in the building or 32,000 in Saskatchewan or in Winnipeg, it's the greatest place to be in the world. It's awesome, you right. know? But we're not there right now. We all want to be back there. We just have to figure out how to get there. It highly, highly, highly annoys me. I said this on a podcast a while back. I'm shocked that it wasn't 
picked up that I had said it, but 20 years ago in this country, the CFL was at par with the NHL in terms of profile. It was. The ratings were there. The attendance was there. It was bumping, to use your term. And now they ain't even in the same stratosphere. And that happened long before COVID because I had a, a, a CFL team VP saying, said to me, Stan, I don't know where we were, in Edmonton, I think, but the guy was leaning against the pillar and he's like, number one problem we got in the CFL, Rod's ticket fails. It was like four years ago. So I'm saying we need to create the sizzle. Look at what NFL Network did broadcasting around the clock. And I just, the media has a big role in this. I think that's why the media got so defensive because they saw it as their role. And guess what it is? Yeah, I think that's for sure. You get a little defensive because it feels like you tell me I'm not doing my job, right? And, you know, from a, from a team perspective, when tickets are the lifeblood of the team, we always say, and that, that buzz term, gate-driven league, right? I don't know if it's a buzz term, but it's real. It's, we're a gate-driven league, right? And when the tickets aren't there, you spend all your time being like, okay, we got to sell tickets. What can I do to sell more tickets today? And you, and you lose that long-term vision doing all the little things that don't make you money and don't sell tickets, but build the brand up and get more people to buy tickets the next time, right? We lose sight of ahead when we're only focusing on how do I get more people into the game tomorrow? Who can I say, can you buy a ticket? Can you buy a ticket? And it's not good for long-term growth. No, I'm going to move on. Thanks for participating in this. And we'll come back on it because the fans really seem to enjoy the discussion here, but just, Coming out of the weekend, for the seventh straight time, the Canadian women's hockey team will compete for Olympic gold. Canada defeated Switzerland 10-3 in the semis to punch their ticket to the gold medal game. Don't know who they're playing yet. Canadian Christine De Bruin won a bronze medal in the inaugural Olympic monobob race at the Beijing Games. It was the 32-year-old's first medal. Canada's Piper Gillies and Paul Poyer finished seventh in the ice dancing in what is likely the pair's final Olympic appearance. Appearance. Jennifer Jones' Canadian rink improved to two and three in the round robin play at the Women's Olympic Curling Tournament, defeating Russia's Alina Kovaleva 11 5. Jennifer will next see action against Great Britain's Eve Muirhead. To hockey! Remember that sport? Mm. Back in Canada. Breaks my heart. We're in LA and Jared Stoll goes, I love talking hockey with you guys. I don't get to talk it down here. What? You're Jared Stoll! Guy left the LA Times sports section on uh, the seat. At the airport next to me, I've picked it up. No hockey. Nine pages. No hockey. So we got it here. Martin St. Louis will have to wait at least one more game for his first NHL coaching win. St. Louis' Montreal Canadiens lost their third straight game since he took over from the fire Dominic Ducharme, falling 5-3 to the Buffalo Sabres. Elsewhere, the Ottawa Senators stopped a short two-game slide with a 4-1 victory over the Caps. Senators captain Brady Kachuk scored his team-leading 15th goal. For Ottawa, in Dallas, Darcy Kemper made 23 saves for his second shutout this season. Gabriel Landeskog scored two goals in the streaking avalanche, beat the Dallas Stars 4-0. The Avs increased their franchise record point streak to 19 games and their NHL leading point total to 72. The Avs are ahead of the Florida Panthers now by three points, and they got a game in hand. Moose, I leave Florida, and the Panthers got a spit. <laughs> I'll bring you back for hour two, okay? You bet. Um, I'm just going to continue uh, the warm-up with my last point. The Toronto Argonauts added another free agent offensive weapon Sunday in former Ticat receiver Brandon Speedy B. Banks. The 34-year-old Banks spent the last eight seasons in Hamilton. He was named the CFL's most outstanding player, as we know, in 2019. 
Tops on special teams in 2015. He left the club in late January saying he will always bleed black and gold, perhaps, but now he'll wear double blue along with former Winnipeg star running back Andrew Harris. And Andrew Harris is coming up with us in hour two. Bangs is a four-time CFL All-Star, six-time divisional All-Star, played in 111 games with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. If you believe in numerology, 111 means he's on the right track by leaving Hamilton. But it's distasteful the way Ticats fans are going after Jagera Davis, Adrian Tracy to a degree, Speedy B, for doing what's best for them. And believe me, I have some thoughts on that. We'll rant on that in hour two. This has been the warm-up live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. It's our new home for long time. Scott Laughlin joins. I like it. Scott Laughlin joins us next from Sirius XM NHL Radio. You are watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody. Great Eagle Resort and Casino is the place to be. Excited to tell you coming down here this week, the general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, John Huffnagel, will be joining us in that chair right there. Kelly Rudy of Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet Flames will be with us in that chair this week here at the Gray Eagle. By the way, I apologize. I was reading an old script. Uh, should have known that Canada will be playing the USA for women's gold at the Olympics. Hockey gold, that is. So, with that out of the way, let's bring in our friend Scott Laughlin from Sirius XM NHL Radio. And before we get to stick and puck, we got to talk Super Bowl 56. It was uh, early enough for you to watch it out in the Eastern Time Zone. Scott, what did you think of how it all went down at SoFi Stadium on Sunday? Well, I thought it was a competitive game, if nothing else, I think, Rod. Uh, it, it didn't seem to usually have that that sort of, you know, given villain versus hero type thing. Maybe that's the Tom Brady thing that we've become used to for 50% of the Super Bowls the past couple of decades. It was a competitive game. It was intriguing right up until the final drive, of course, that wasn't for the, the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, I thought all in all, the theatrics, the, the spectacle of it, including the halftime show, uh, was really well done. Uh, I find it interesting with the halftime show in particular, Rod. Everybody always thinks that what they see in front of them is the greatest thing that they've ever seen, right? I like the halftime show. Uh, I think next year it'll be a tough task for whoever is going to be anointed to, to, to perform the halftime to outdo what we saw yesterday. But have we always uh, look back on things this way? Do we forget about Prince 15 years ago? Uh, at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami with the rain coming down and the curtain and purple rain and so on and so forth. Uh, I still think they would have a ways to go before they would outdo that. Uh, but again, you know how life works. It's recency bias. What have you done for me lately? It's exactly what I was going to say as you were saying that. Recency bias. But that's fine. We just, you and I don't get caught up in that. You can let it. For me, it was Lady Gaga jumping off the roof of the stadium. Oh, we all is. have our favorites. Yeah, I don't think you can top that. So, hey, to the National Hockey League, this has been burning me to ask you. Imagine being out here in the Western time zones, being surrounded by the Jets fans and Oilers fans. Woo! 
How did the bottom fall out of those two teams? Do you see them coming back of the slides that they've been in in the last month? I could see the Oilers doing it just because of the obvious uh, Drysaddle and McDavid. And Drysaddle and McDavid, quite frankly, the last couple of weeks, Rod, have been fairly human. I mean, they put their legs on apparently one leg at a time like the rest of us. Uh, I think that they still have to get back to where they were earlier this season. I think defensively it's a work in progress with this team. We can talk all we want about goaltending, and I think there's no doubt that they're going to go out and address that at some point. And the old adage is, show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach. Well, Dave Tippett's fired. So what does that tell you about the Edmonton situation? They give up a lot defensively. Some of the guilt-edge scoring opportunities that they give up are just, you know, so much more than, than other teams that are playoff contenders at this point. So if Dave Tippett, one of the best defensive coaches in the history of the game, one of the all-time winningest bench bosses in the history of the National Hockey League, if he can't somehow, somehow some way, find a way to make this team play better team defensive uh, you know, defensive play, I don't know that Jay Woodcroft is going to have much more luck with that. Perhaps it's the personnel. I know they're without Duncan Keith now for two to four weeks uh, with a suspected concussion, as evidenced by the, the injury he suffered last week. So they've got a ways to go defensively. Uh, they're going to add to their goaltending mix. I'm certain of that honor before March the 21st. Uh, but beyond that, I'll say, it, yes, they're going to be a playoff team because I, I have a hard time fathoming how uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can play for a team and then not have enough to get to the playoffs. I think they're going to sneak into the postseason by the skin of their teeth. How much further they go probably depends on what they can do defensively or what they cannot accomplish defensively and who they go out and get to to upgrade that goaltending position. Well, when you look at the standings, the Oilers are nowhere near out of it, so I, I totally get it. But with the Jets, man, like – I'm sure you guys are talking about it on NHL radio. By the way, I left my radio in Florida, and I haven't been there for a while. I've been listening to you for a while, so I apologize, uh, Scott. But the, the word out here, Craig Button actually said it sitting in that chair a couple of weeks ago that maybe Paul Maurice saw this coming, and that's why he stepped down. I mean, who knew the Central Division would be this tough and that the Jets wouldn't be able to get or maintain a foothold in it? We know this much, Rod. Uh, Blake Wheeler's not the same player that he was. Uh, he's getting no younger. Mark Shifley has started to get things going here lately. That could be a good sign for them. Uh, I think arguably a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois has been their best all-around forward this season, which is a credit to him for bouncing back after a, a disappointing start to his Jets run. I think, too, we talk about goaltending at Edmonton. Connor Hellebuck uh, has been good this season, but he hasn't been great this season. He needs to be great for that team to get back in the playoffs. And you know, as of last week, he had a 9-10 save percentage, which for the most part is going to be considered good in the NHL. Not great, but good. We've had a tendency to see Connor Hellebuck be great. He has to be that way, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets to somehow make a run here. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting, Rod, for Kevin Chivel Day off here to try to take inventory and stock in his team to find out whether or not they're going to be a buyer or seller come the trade deadline. Right now, I think they're on the fence. They have got to get things going, as Hellebuck said, like tomorrow. They need to get things going, and they need to start winning games, and they need to start going on a bit of a run to put themselves back into the mix. If it's not going to be in the ultra-competitive Central Division, maybe it can be in that fight for the second wild card in the Western Conference. But in order to do that, they're going to have to play markedly better here in the next two or three weeks, and then Chevy's going to have to take inventory 
as I mentioned, to find out whether or not he'll be buying or selling come the deadline. They've had expectations. I don't know that the expectations in Winnipeg are as high as they have been in previous seasons. Uh, this has been a disappointing team, though, so far this season from my perspective. And just when you thought they'd get the boost from that coaching change, they have had anything but happen in Manitoba so far. Hey, one more. And what we love about daytime sports talk is breaking news and on-the-spot analysis. The uh, Tyler Toffoli has been traded to the Calgary Flames. Montreal receiving a first, a third, a prospect, and forward Tyler Pitlick. Tyler Toffoli to the Calgary Flames. <laughs> How about that? The Flames were rolling as it was. The GM Brad Tree Living felt that they had been in the mar- were in the market for a top forward. They got it. What does this do for the Calgary Flames, in your opinion, Scott Laughlin? Well, I, I think, Rod, this really adds to their scoring depth. I think we had known the last couple of weeks it became pretty clear that for Calgary, despite the fact that they might be earmarked for top spot in the Pacific, they have played really, really well, obviously, the last couple of weeks to, to allow them to make a maneuver like this. Brad Trilliving's always been fairly active and creative in advance of the trade deadline. But what it does, to answer your question, it gives them a lot more scoring depth. We felt like, you know what, Johnny Gaudreau's having a fantastic season. He's going to reap the benefits financially from a new contract, uh, presumably with the Calgary Flames. Uh, we know that Matthew Kachuk's a guy that shows up game in and game out, and he produces as well. But you needed to have something in back of those guys in particular. I, I think that Tyler Toffoli adds to their scoring depth. Is he a streaky type player? Yeah, he is. But a lot of scores are. Uh, the other interesting thing with regards to this is Daryl Sutter knows this player well, right? He had success with him uh, in winning a Stanley Cup or two in Los Angeles with Tyler Toffoli. Uh, these are guys who've had success together before. Uh, this is also a situation where Montreal gets a first-rounder back. And, you know, when this started percolating here in the last hour or so, the first thing I did, Rod, was go to Cap Friendly. And I wanted to see exactly what the Calgary Flames had in terms of draft picks in the cupboard, et cetera. They had a first and a second this coming July. They've got their first from next year, the first from the year after. Uh, I don't know when the first is. Maybe you've got the details in front of you. Uh, but they did have the, the cachet uh, with which to send something back to Montreal. And as we know in Montreal, it's not about the now. It's about the future. All of a sudden, a first-round pick really means a lot, I think, to that rebuilding situation and to that new regime in Montreal. So the Habs get to look towards the future. And I think Calgary, on a player who is not going to break the bank financially with what he's got left on his contract, I think that they add to their secondary scoring, which is the goal, I think, for Brad Trilliving going into making this deal. Toffoli was so key uh, on that Habs run last year. The uh, sell-off has begun for the Montreal Canadiens. Wonderful analysis, as always. Love chatting hockey with you, Scott. As you know, uh, enjoy the hockey, my friend, and uh, have a great week. All right. Anytime, Rod. Thank you. Scott Laughlin, Sirius XM, NHL Radio, joining us from Tirana. Jeff the Stamps fan writes in and says, uh, Rod has arrived in Calgary and it appears Stanley soon will too. Ooh, spicy. What a time to be alive. What a time to be in Cowtown. Speaking of spicy, Taco Time viewer takeover is next because I see Dan, the situation, Saravelli is watching the show in New Jersey right now. He's written in and he says, the refs gave the Rams the game last night. And I'm not necessarily going to disagree. We're broadcasting live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino Events Center. We got Jeff Foxworthy coming up here. May 28th, the grandfather of redneck comedy. 
Also on the way, Andrew Harris of the Toronto Argonauts. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Okay, welcome back, everybody. It is Taco Time viewer takeover. They are not tater tots. They're Mexi fries. I feel like I need to check out that hypothesis for myself again today, now that we're back in Calgary. And by the way, I was driving with the moose last night from the Shark Club back to the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino last night. And I said to Moose, hey, I missed the uh, 91 degrees Fahrenheit in L.A., but it is nice to be back in Canada, especially seeing that Tim Horton sign coming over the horizon there. And taco time, too. So it is nice. And huge news today, Tyler Toffoli going from the Montreal Canadiens to the Calgary Flames. And it's got everybody alive. Talking about it here, not only here in Calgary, but all across uh, Canada anyways, and probably the NHL. I see the Oilers fans chiming in. Um, Jennifer says, I can only pray, Jennifer, from the four seasons, that the oil turn it around. Maybe a goalie can help our netminders become super studs. <laughs> okay. Um, somebody says, why haven't the Oilers got a goalie yet? I think that was Wayne in BC. If I could quote Ken Holland from what I've seen in his news conferences, it's not that easy. Wayne in Victoria says, wow, Rod is now popular in Calgary. Who would have thunk it? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but we're working on it. Exactly. Back to my rant, which I'm not done on. The Canadian media just eviscerating me, getting personal um, over the weekend when I said we need to make Canadian sporting events must attend. I think they took it personally like I was accusing them of not doing their job, and I wasn't. But I see this. I have this subscription to the Canadian press, okay? Gives me access to the best written articles all over the world. I pay a lot of money to get it, but it's worth it. Headline that just came down at 1210 Eastern. Analysis. NFL never stops making news even after Super Bowl. We're not even 24 hours after the game and all this news is popping up in the NFL. That's kind of what I was talking about. You know, the CFL wanted for years to go dormant for six months in the offseason. Believe me, they did because they told me. But asking us for interviews, Rod. Is our off season? Um, sure. And now here's where we are. It's hard to pick that ball up. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute of play in hour one. Um, back to Dan Cervelli. I'll be honest, Dan. The situation, Cervelli, watching in New Jersey. Which, incidentally, I was on his show last week, and I was accosted in the middle of it. There's video evidence. Go to Enterprise Podcast on Instagram. Enterprise with a Z. Enterprise. You can watch the interview. It's right in the last minute of the interview. I'm out in front of the Westin LAX. And a lady accosted me. She was homeless. She was asking for some help. I'm like, we're doing a live interview here. It's LA. It's where it says, it's LA. Not in a rush to stay in LA. Hour two coming up with the Moose and Andrew Harris. Stick around, everybody, here on Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now.
You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.